the hell's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. I'm starting to think for the first time ever that we might be cursed. Oh. I think everything is telling us that we don't need to record tonight. The fucking equipment's not working. No. Uh, my computer's not working. Yeah, the the weird little disc thing that you put in the doodad was not working. That fucking doodad disc, motherfucker. Oh my god, but... We got here. Your intrepid heroes look into the face of adversity. We look into the face of common sense and say, Fuck you, we're doing it anyway! You angered the Scottish whiskey Woo! gods by mixing no sugar vanilla coke. It's got sugar. Oh, it's got sugar. So yeah, you I'm mixed not a barbarian. Vanilla Coke mm. with Lefroig. Yep. Yeah. I don't know his name. <laughs> he fucking knows yours. I've never, met, I've never met the man. It's a Scottish curse and you have now some some bog witch from Isla has yeah. turned out there. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, you know. The he, bog witch of Glenfiddie is after you. Uh, uh, he's Scottish. Come at me, bro. Come at me. <laughs> Scottish people are terrifying. My God. Yeah, but. If you'd said someone from like Cornwall. I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. But no, but I also have this really weird, specific, like, really intense sexual kink for red-headed uh, Scotsmen. Uh, oh, my Lord. When I mean, come at me, bro, I mean that literally. I will snap their spine in two. I will work their way through their whole family, just snapping spine. Just a lot of happy men with broken hips. <laughs> Those hips don't lie. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, if that's what you're going to curse me, come at it, bro. Come at it. Very little protection in a sporran. <laughs> Not enough protection against me. No. Oh, my Lord. Well, this is it. We are actually recording in the very last few hours of the very last day of July. 2022. Yes. This year is rapidly about to end, okay? Yeah. You know, at the beginning of the year, well, we've actually got to go back and look because we did our predictions for what was going to happen this year and we were remarkably, we were spot on. Really? Well, remember, we were, we'll have to do a flashback episode. We were talking about um, uh, Nostradamus said that the Russian zombies... And the word Z would like oh. strike out against the world. We called it. We called the Ukrainian crisis. Fuck. Yeah, we, we called it. So I think my challenge to you, okay, yeah. what do you think 2022 has in store for us? What do you think is the next plague, natural disaster, comet, meteorite? What's the next thing to come at us, do you think, in 2022? Joe Biden will succumb to coronavirus. Oh, okay. Because he's just been diagnosed yes. with coronavirus. Yes. Zombies will begin to rise from Trump's golf courses because he just buried his ex-wife <laughs> like a fucking dog. Oh uh, yeah, in the golf course. Yeah, like a like a less than beloved family pet. We should we should put a link up on our Facebook where you can see Melania, not Melania. Oh, Ivana. <laughs> <laughs> She's next. That's my prediction for twenty twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's literally just like buried her out the back where you chuck the empty cigarette butts. He really has. It's 
awful. But you were saying because she's buried now there on his golf course, he can write off, he doesn't have to pay any taxes on his golf course because it's now classified as a cemetery. Is that correct? It's now, yeah, now classified somehow as a cemetery under New Jersey law. Does it can't, that- be, can't be seized in a court dispute, nothing. Oh, does that mean if I bury someone on my property, I don't have to pay any taxes? Well, no, you can't just murder someone for a tax break and then, and then just fucking dispose of them. I know you are from outback South Australia, come New South on. Wales. That does come naturally it's to a you. backpacker. Come on. <laughs> Do they count? If it was a British backpacker, I think the okay. government would get behind you. Okay, what what if someone I know very lovingly, you know, like dies in my arm gently, beautifully. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> someone dies of natural causes and I bury them in the yard, do, do, can I like not be charged tax on my property? I don't think you pay tax as a prisoner. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when you're incarcerated, you don't accrue much, accrue much of a tax debt. <laughs> no, I said natural causes. Yeah, yeah. You're still disposing of a body. I'm not disposing. I'm burying them gently. I think under the law, they still consider that disposal. <sighs> God, you and your rules. Did I, ever, did I ever tell you about what happened to me in Andamooka, the first day I ever went to the remote opal mining community of Andamooka? Oh, okay. Describe, okay, first of all, for our overseas <coughs> listeners, describe Andamooka. Well, there's two main opal mining settlements in South Australia. Mm-hmm. Cooper Pedy, which is the famous one. Mm-hmm. That's the one where they filmed uh, the original Pitch Black mm-hmm. with, with Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. Uh, yeah, it's basically white man hole in the ground is what they say the Aboriginal translates to. Mm-hmm. So Coober is like the tourist trap version of it. Andamooka is the Mad Max version. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. tourists go there. It's mm-hmm. just holes in the ground and fucking psychos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pub, well not the pub, the, the post office is made out of beer bottles. Mm-hmm. Like a wasp made it. <laughs> So they took beer bottles and just put mortar around the beer bottles. Yeah. And there's your there's your post office. That's resourceful Australian spirit, mate. Oh, no, it's amazing. Um, but I went there in my early 20s. So this is like the year 2002. How drunk and high were you? I was not. I was dead set sober, middle of the day. What? And I, basically because I was running a newspaper that serviced that area. Mm. Middle of the outback. I went to this town and introduced myself to everyone. And I went to the woman at the post office and said, ah, my name's John, I'm, I'm working for this newspaper, I'm you know, mm-hmm. trying to pick up some local stories. And her name was Margot, she was lovely. Mm-hmm. And she said, look, I'll feed you some stories, you know, like very much an outback woman, she fucking knew how to survive, could probably handle a blade. Mm-hmm. She goes, yeah, look, I'll, I'll feed you some stories as they come up, you know, yeah. that's all cool. The bloke you need to see yeah. is over the road and he runs the pub. Oh, and obviously. I, I go yeah. over there and she said, he wears many hats and it wasn't a metaphor. <laughs> well, it was. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm just picturing a man with like 12 hats. <laughs> well, figuratively, yeah, he wore many hats. Anyway, I go over there and I introduce myself and I said, oh, look, Margot across the road has told me to come and speak to you. Yeah. He looked at me. He hasn't said a word to me. Yeah. He leans back in his like crusty old office chair and just goes, did Margot tell you that we used to fuck? I'm like, okay. <laughs> No, she didn't. Well, it's good to get that out in good the to, open. Yeah. And, and he's just like, okay. So it turns out this guy uh, is a really, really nice guy. Uh, he was the publican. Mm-hmm. He was also the school bus driver. Mm-hmm. He was also the scoutmaster. Mm-hmm. He was also the undertaker. Mm-hmm. He was also the ambulance driver. Mm-hmm. He was the local uh, flood emergency officer, so state emergency service. Uh-huh. He was that guy. Mm-hmm. He was also the ambo. He did everything Excellent. in this town. Yeah. Now, 
that's amazing because this kind of community is held together by volunteers like that. Mm-hmm. And you know what the best thing about that is? If you die in the back of the ambulance, you're already in the hearse. Exactly. No switching of vehicles then. The exact joke he made to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, cut now, you off. Now, this is a fairly triggering story, so I'm going to talk about pregnancy loss okay. at this point. Okay. But his phone goes. Yeah. So bear in mind, I'm a journalist. Okay. I'm there doing the business of a journalist. I have a notepad out and I'm talking to him, having clearly identified myself as a journalist. Mm-hmm. He takes a phone call, which I can hear mm-hmm. because this guy has spent his life around dynamite and all this kind of stuff, yeah. digging holes in the ground. Yeah. Woman on the other end has just suffered a very late term miscarriage. Mm-hmm. She has now asked him mm. whether or not she can just skip the paperwork and bury the kid in the yard and whether or not he'll turn a blind eye to that. And he's just like, no, no, we've got some forms you've got to fill out. I'm really sorry. We're, we're going to have to do this the right way. Yeah. And he hangs up and he goes, oh, that was so-and-so from up the road. She's just lost her baby. Wanted to know if she could, uh, wanted to know if she could just bury mm. it. And in the back of my mind, I'm just like, oh, yeah. dial before you dig. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that sticker means? <laughs> if for everyone outside of Australia, we basically there's a campaign here. You'll see it on the sides of like utility trucks, like everywhere. Yeah. There's just it just says you know, dial before you dig. Um, dial the hotline so that you don't put a, a don't put a backhoe through a gas line. Yes, or a telecommunications cable, or a baby in a bin. Baby in a bin, uh, especially considering the Gibber Plain where this was happening is rock solid fucking limestone. I see. I appreciate. I'm from the country. I appreciate that. It's just matter of fact, practicality. Look, we get down to it. You and your city paperwork. That was the most amazing day of my life. I saw a woman put her newborn baby in the dirt to roll a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> Choices. Choices had to be made. She picked it up quick. <laughs> she did have to knock a few bull ants off it. <laughs> she didn't leave it, but she didn't leave it in the hot car. She so. did not know. Oh my lord, that is fantastic. Oh, there's there's so much I can tell you about that place. Oh my lord. Well, you know what? I guarantee it'll probably be the only place in the world that's going to survive 2022. Yeah, pretty much. The way, the way we're going. But okay. What's your predictions? Um, oh, okay. I think because of course the, now the biggest dilemma is everyone is saying that, you know, everyone's focusing more on monkeypox. Yeah. The numbers of monkeypox, people with monkeypox is increasing. Yes. I think the next step is COVID and monkeypox are going to merge and combine for the corona monkeypox virus. Right. And you're gonna you're gonna catch it. You're gonna and what it's gonna do is it's gonna force you to sneeze and then throw your excrement at people. Yeah, good luck. You won't have much trouble getting people to wear a mask <laughs> under that scenario. <laughs> you think that will finally I bring it in? I think finally. You won't have to just, it's my right to... <laughs> 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 you, go, you can either be full of shit or catch one. <laughs> but that's my prediction. I think that's what's going to be That's what going to be next. The two of them are going to merge into a new super deluxe special fancy virus. Yeah, and Australia's probably going to be at war with China. Aren't we already? Pretty much. It's a proxy war. It's a trade war. Yeah. 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 I know. So, yeah. So, everyone out there who's not in China, buy our wine. Yeah, please. And our, and our was it barley? Wine, barley, lamb, steel. No, don't buy lamb. Unless you're buying it a sweater or a hug. 
for a little holiday. <laughs> just, that, that would be you if you won the lottery, wouldn't it? You would just buy an entire sheep truck yep. to let them free and give them all hugs. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's kind of sweet. And actually, no, I would arm them with high-powered <laughs> military rifles and then just send them out. We'll find out who the fuck's going vegan or not in a hurry. <laughs> arm the animals, baby. Arm the animals. Oh, my God. You know what? If Planet of the Apes ever happens, is it happens because of people like me. It happened because vegans armed a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. We are this close. We are this close. I don't need a cassowary with a chainsaw in its beak. <laughs> Should have gone vegan, bitch. Should have gone vegan. Oh, man. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so that's my prediction. What are you going to do when all the animals eat your vegan food? <laughs> oh, my God. Nobody is eating barbecue tofu for the vegans. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, I know. You bring that stuff around. Oh, shut up. You love it. <laughs> you love it. Oh, my God. Um, no, it's all right. We'll all just, you know what? We'll exist on love. Yeah. Yeah, that's all vegans need. Love. Love and a damn good shower <laughs> and a stint in the army. That'll teach you some respect. I love those people that are always talking about national service. Yeah. You need a good stint in the army. It's like, oh, like you did? Oh, no, nah, I went to university and became an accountant. Yeah. Shut up, you cunt. <laughs> Oh, my God. You know, we literally had, like, a whole generation of people who served in the army. Yeah. And they all came back with PSD or their arms blown off. Yeah, yeah. So, put that in your shirt, dickhead. I don't know, I've got nothing. (laughs) Oh, my God. But, yeah, people are just weird. (laughs) And you know what? Weird things happen. They do. You know, 2022 has proved nothing else that just weird shit happens. And you know what's weird about that? What's weird about that? That brings us to the topic of this week. Nicely done. Which is really weird. Okay. Yeah. Look, there's something about lighthouses. Oh, yeah. They have a certain mystery to them. They're beacons of light and hope nestled on some of the darkest, dangerous rocks. They're there to warn sailors of the dangers lurking in the seas around them. Before we go any further, on the count of three, your favourite lighthouse. You ready? One, two, three. Bell Bang Rock. Oh, I was going to say Bell Rock Lighthouse. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a good one. There we go. <laughs> Engineering masterpiece. Oh. Saved many lives. It's still there today. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> shout out to all the lighthouse fans. <laughs> there's, there's one poor guy in the Bell Rock Lighthouse, which I think now is automated, just going, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're mostly all automated. Yeah. Oh, my God. You should read, like, the history of, like, lighthouses. It's oh, crazy. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, and some of the shit that happened. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is that what we're doing today? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we're looking at one of them. Yeah. Probably one of the most infamous oh. of all the lighthouses. Ooh. So there they are, boldly warning us of the dangers lurking in the sea. But who warns the lighthouse when the terror laps at its shore? Oh. I wish we had seagulls programmed. <laughs> there we go. In this week's episode, we look at the true life story where three lighthouse keepers left on their routine shift to tend a lighthouse. And not one of these souls would ever be seen alive or dead ever again. Oh dear. In this week's episode of Who Warns the Lighthouse? Or Who Put the Lighthouse Out? Out, (laughs) out, out, out. Oh my God. Or 
Who snuffed out the light? Housekeepers. Oh, nice. What about, I want to bury a lighthouse keeper <laughs> and keep him company. Oh, it sounds so jolly when you put it in that yeah. 20 speak. <laughs> now, the Flannan Isles Lighthouse. Flannan Isles? Flannan Isles. Nice. Uh, it's situated on the rocky outcrop. Outcrop. <laughs> rocky outcrop. That's Port Piri. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky, it's because you've got me drinking wine. That's what it is. Oh, fuck off. We gave you $120 whiskey and you fucked it up. Oh, wow. I put Coke in it. It was better. It's not your American violence juice. Oh, I love my American violence juice. That's no. why I'm just, I'm nervous without it. So on the Rocky outcrop, known as Aline Moore, a collection of islands in the Outer Hebrides just off the west coast of Scotland. Good on. Shout out to the Outer Hebrides. Aline Moore. Which names translates as Island of Great or Exceptional. Yeah. Long had a whispered lore amongst shore-bound locals who talked of little ones. <laughs> Magical folk with supernatural powers that lived on the island. It is not clear if people thought the beings to be fairies, gnomes or something else. There are tales that anyone visiting the island should obey strict rules as the beings did not like being looked upon. Oh. Don't look at me in these pants. I look fair. You know, my partner Lou lived around there for a couple of years. Oh. And she reckons that probably the one thing that would be more, uh, probably stand out more than little folk or aliens uh, would be any one of a South Asian culture. Oh, there you go. She's very white. Oh, okay. (laughs) Very white in the Highlands and the Hebrides. (laughs) Very, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this could be why. Not Um, a lot of genetic diversity. Well, so there's little people living on this island. Okay. Okay. Um, And those who have claimed to have seen the creatures have themselves then disappeared. Oh, dear. It is also rumoured to be the nesting ground of giant birds. Giant birds? Mm -hmm. Ah, don't know about that. That was the old law back ah, in the day yep, yep, of yep. like big giant seabirds. Okay. It was, but this is now long ignored law when the Northern Lighthouse Board decided to construct the Flannan Isles Lighthouse. Little backstory, building it up. Yep. You know? Yep. Construction began in 1895. Oh, that's peak lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Peak lighthouse times. And would not be completed until 1899. Yeah, a lot of times they had to row out to these outcrops and wait for like the the summer and mm. work during the summer and then fuck off until going back because the seas were too violent. Well, this one, it, guess how much it ended up costing? Oh, okay, so four we're, ta- years. we're talking four years. four years. I'd say 25,000 guineas. I don't know what, what does that mean in pounds. Oh, no, so we're talking Scottish pounds. Yeah. Uh, let's say 100,000 Scottish pounds in, in that time's money. Oh, no, it seems really bad because it's 1,899 pounds. Well, accounting for inflation, that's probably what it is. It's probably, okay, it's yeah. Probably, probably a million bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really fancy. Yeah. Like, schmick. The Scots build a fucking main lighthouse. Oh, yes. Well, and like you were saying, one of the reasons this took four years to build was the problem was there was nowhere to actually sort of pull up 
to the island, what they would have to do is basically go up to it through the anchor. Um, they sent some people up to construct and set up basically like a crane. Yeah. Um, and they would just have to like winch stuff directly from the boats yeah. onto the island because there was nowhere to actually dock on the island. Yeah. It was just all these like jagged, like steep cliff, uh, like cliff faces yeah. like, all around it. So, oh my God, you can imagine what that would have been like. Oh, it would have been hellish. Yeah. Hellish. Uh, so this crane was constructed about, it was between 70 to 100 feet above the water line. Okay, yep. And they just winch the stuff up. A station was also built on the mainland. This managed the affairs of the lighthouse, organising supplies, as well as a watcher whose job was to ensure that the lighthouse was on and functioning each night. Yeah. What a shit easy job. <laughs> Probably easy to fuck up. <laughs> uh, it would be somebody's like rich relative that was literally unemployable. It would have to be. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. So the lighthouse was first lit on the 7th of December, 1899. Hooray! And proceeded without incident or scandal. For the next 12 months. Scandal, you say? Well. Incident or scandal? Yes. I just imagine the Murdoch press. <laughs> 500 foot lighthouse steps out with my missus. <laughs> that lighthouse sucked off my fucking cousin while we clapped for Brexit. <laughs> I walked back and there he was just rubbing himself on it. Just rubbing <laughs> himself on it. Shameless behaviour. And she just took it. Yeah. It had an affair with Meghan Markle, it did. <laughs> the most hated lighthouse. You ever notice why their children look slightly like shipping lane markers? That's why. Yeah, yeah, she that's why she had a boy. Hey. <laughs> She's a bit starboard, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, I don't mind her aft. <laughs> oh my lordy. Uh. Yes, no scandals. On the 7th of December, 1900, three men set out for the island. In charge was James Ducat, Thomas Marshall, second in command. Both men were older and had decades of experience between them tending lighthouses in the area. Cool. The third team member was usually a younger lighthouse keeper. Yeah. This was meant to be William Russ. But William fell ill just before the three men were meant to be sailing to the island and so was replaced last minute by Donald MacArthur. Nah. In this situation, the three men would tend the lighthouse and when they were resupplied with food and fuel, at least one of the men would be rotated off for Shawley for two weeks and replaced by another lighthouse keeper. So it's really kind of interesting. Like if you had families, because yeah. some you know they'd have their families would live there. Basically, you know, the boat would come back every couple of weeks, throw supplies at them, and piss off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but where you just sort of uh, had these stag islands yeah um which was literally just these men employ they would like rotate them off um i guess before things got a bit carnal before they returned they resorted to a little bit of buggery 
wrong. <laughs> so yeah, you, you'd, you'd get sort of it was it was like a, a rotating kind of like shift thing. They were vehemently anti-union back in those days as mm. well. So you just imagine them like doing what Starbucks does. You know, how can we make this the worst possible em- like place of employment? Yeah, yeah. Before people will quit, they're just like we've we've discovered through many years of research that a man will stay in a lighthouse for four weeks before resorting to buggery. <laughs> Fine, if we rotate him out then, he'll, he'll still leave a good Christian man. Yes, yes, exactly. So we rotate him out at the very last second for penetration. <laughs> we know, I mean, there's actually, you know, no real reason for it other than the fact that if they do resort to buggery, they'll start enjoying it and they won't light the lamp. <laughs> they'll spend all their time in their seamates. <laughs> dipping their wick rather than lighting the one they should be. It will be too busy enjoying the salty spray air to light the lamp. That's what happens. <laughs> He'll be knocking a puffin off his cliff. <laughs> Salting the sturgeon. Will they start puffing the puffin? <laughs> it's a gateway drug. Oh, Lord. So, yes, they were regularly, uh, you know, rotated off. Yeah. Now, a 1900 lighthouse actually took a lot of effort to keep running. At night, the lighthouse would flash once, go round every 15 seconds. Right. Each night, one of the keepers would have to sit up to ensure all was working smoothly and that the light stayed on. During the day, the workers would refill the fuel for the lighthouse. They'd also have to clean all of the windows of the lighthouse, as well as all the general maintenance of the lighthouse and the quarters. Yeah. The, uh, do we know what the lighthouse ran on? Um, it just said uh, fuel. I don't fuel. know what type so of fuel. They, a lot of them used to use whale oil, mm. which, as you can imagine, is a horribly inefficient oh, yeah. thing and uh, resulted in a lot of soot. I think some of them went later on to dieseline or like a kind of gas extract from coal. Okay. Well, I'm, so I'm, I'm not quite sure what this one was on, but one of their job was they were they did have to clean the windows every night. Because so. they, they would soot up really badly. Yeah. So yeah. that's not very uh, no, so you gotta get green some, friendly. No, it's not. <laughs> when they realised they could do that, then they could get soot on themselves in another way. But I don't, I don't understand. Like, to me, I don't understand why you wouldn't employ, like, nothing but women as lighthouse keepers. Because my experience of men is they will literally follow you around the house turning lights off. <laughs> I've never met a man who's like, no, turn the light on. It must burn brightly. I don't care if no one's sitting in the room. What? No, that's why I, I this is why I can't understand how men were lighthouse keepers. I think this is where it went horribly wrong. It's just one always just trying to change the thermostat. Turn it down. You don't want to be twenty one degrees. That's unnecessary. Put a jumper on. Damn sea. Uh, so yeah, just no dads at the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, once you're a dad, I'm sorry. No, just permanently turning the lighthouse off. Yeah. Oh lord. But yeah, so every day they'd have to do that same thing, rinse and repeat, refill it up, clean all the bloody windows. Yep. Uh, and each day the log would be updated with any noteworthy maintenance issues as well as weather conditions, mm-hmm. uh, speed, wind, temperature, all yeah. that stuff. Then the lighthouse light was lit each night without incident for the first eight days of the men's stay. But then on the 15th of December, 1990, a steamer boat named the 
sailed past the flooded isles and noticed to their dismay in the fog that the lighthouse light was not lit. Oh dear. When you're close enough to see a lighthouse that's not lit, (laughs) yeah, like bring me my brown pants. Again, there's just there's just my dad. Well, you weren't sitting in the room. You weren't sitting in the lighthouse. Why would the light be on? <sighs> Luckily, whew, by the skin of their brown pants, the ship was able to continue without incident. And when it reached Leith in Scotland, it reported the incident to the Northern Lighthouse Board. I'm sure politely, and I'm sure not one cuss word or one demand for brown pants <laughs> to be dry cleaned was mentioned. Uh, the lighthouse relief vessel was sent to the island on the 20th of December, but could not reach the island due to poor weather. Oh dear. On the 26th of December, another boat was sent. This time, thanks to more agreeable weather, it was able to reach the island around noon. They threw anchor at the crane's location and waited. Normally at least one, if not two of the lighthouse keepers would come down to greet the resupply on any vessel, whose approach would have been clearly visible from the lighthouse. Yeah. I say two men because the one golden rule of the lighthouse at all times, the cardinal sin cannot be broken, was that one man was to remain in the lighthouse at all times, no matter what. Right. Because by the time the RAA gets out there, like undo the door, it's too late. Yeah. So no matter what happened, one man had to be in the lighthouse at all times. It could never be unattended. So that was the golden rule. Everybody knew that. They had that drilled into them. So when no one came to greet the relief vessel, they became worried. The captain, Jim Harvey, sounded his vessel's horn repeatedly. When that failed, he set up a flare. The men on the vessel waited, but still no one came. Oh, dear. Eventually, junior lighthouse keeper Joseph Moore... So basically, like, who's the cheapest man to replace if he dies horribly? There's something really nasty up there. (laughs) Send me the junior, junior. So junior lighthouse keeper Joseph Moore was put down on a lifeboat by himself. Yep. And he had to row to the island and managed to make it up the cliff face onto the island. Jesus. Basically had to scale a cliff. Nice. Just get up there, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Life before unions. As he walked to the lighthouse, it looked still. Nothing was out of place. The gate leading to the entrance of the lighthouse was closed. Opening up, he walked to the front door. The door was closed, but unlocked. As he walked inside, he saw nothing he expected to see. Because what he saw was normal. Oh, okay. Just three men involved in elbow deep buggery. <laughs> Everything was normal. Food sat on the kitchen table, set ready for a meal. The clock on the wall had stopped. One chair lay on its side. The young lighthouse keeper walked to the top of the lighthouse, but found no one. 
The only sign of life was a canary in a cage. The thing looked half starved. Right. He returned to the ship with the news that the lighthouse was abandoned. The captain sent another two other sailors to the island to confirm what the young man was saying. The sailors observed that the lighthouse lamps had been cleaned mm-hmm. and refilled, ready for use. Okay. The lighthouse's log was normal and up to the 15th of December, which is the night when the ship passed. They recorded poor weather conditions... The men also noted that the wind speed had been recorded on at 9am on the 15th of December. The details were recorded on a slate board, as was the usual custom, to note the relevant details and then take the slate board to the journal, which remained in the kitchen, and note the details. The landing area by the crane had been a victim of storm damage, and this was recorded in the journal. The men also noted that there should have been three sets of oil skins by the door. So basically that's the fancy like wet weather gear. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're the, the big lighthouse. cloak that you see with the flappy hat. Yes, exactly. Yep. You know, with your lantern. Oh, hi. Yeah, the sailor dog. <laughs> little golden book. So there should be three of them yeah. uh, by the door because obviously you would have one for each, each man. They noted that... Where there should have been three sets of oil skins by the door, there only hung one suit. Okay. The other two were missing. No traces of the other suits could be found. Now, four volunteers were left on the island to attend to the lighthouse while the boat sailed back to shore to report the disappearance. Can you imagine how awkward that would have been? <laughs> of just like, yes, well... So we have this slight problem where three grown men, it seems, have, you know, somehow been killed mysteriously by the island. We're not sure how or in what manner. We can only presume quite gruesomely. Um, so we're going to need someone to stay here on this island um, and just do exactly what they were doing before they all horribly died. Um... Can I get a call for volunteers? Still a better option than most of the jobs in the UK at that time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Considering it was like, I don't know, scraping out a sewer pit or something. Yeah. But how awkward would that be? You were just like, uh, it's like literally the beginning to a John Carpenter film. Yeah. Like, they've come to the Norwegian base. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Uh, so those poor fellows. Yeah. <laughs> got left on the island. They were like, oh, you know what? We'll, we'll leave you an extra man just in case. <laughs> the experienced lighthouse guy's like, four men? <laughs> Think of the buggery. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's a perfect square. <laughs> <laughs> I won't have to hurt my elbow this time. <laughs> Everything's nicely within reach. Oh, talk about perfect shipping conditions. <laughs> Who wants to be the Suez Canal? <laughs> I'll get stuck in it. I'm going to wear you like a tight-fitting oil skin. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, they poor lads got left on the island. Uh, the captain returned uh, to the shore and he sent a, a telegram to the head office. In that, obviously, you know, oh, there's no sight of the men. They've completely disappeared. Mm. This is part of his wording of what he thinks could have possibly, yeah. you know... 
<coughs> Paul, oh, hang on, I've got to try and get my Scottish. Oh, I on the knee. Poor fellas, they must have been blown. <laughs> You've already desecrated the good Scottish people by putting fucking vanilla coke in Laphroaig single malt. It made it better. It, oh, God. But do continue to trash these wonderful people. Uh, ach, aye. Poor fellows. They must have been blown over the cliffs. Hello. <laughs> they got a taste for it. <laughs> like the ultimate glory hole being blown over a cliff. <laughs> oh, oh, I want to do something exciting. I want you to blow me over the cliff. <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> there were a lot of misunderstandings in the early... <laughs> there really <ideas>. were. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously, can you imagine if you and I got, like, in a time machine just wandering around? <laughs> oh, my God. It would just it would just be so awkward for everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, you want me to do what over the cliff? Well, <laughs> why not when in Scotland, my heart Oh, Lord. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry. Ugh, aye. Poor fellows. They must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane or something like that. Fairly plausible. Really? All three men? Ah, uh, who All knows? three men? I don't know. Getting blown on the cliff? <laughs> well, at least one person was missing out. <laughs> Three days later, an investigation by the Northern Lighthouse Board began. It was conducted by Robert Meerhead. He knew all three men and had personally recruited them to the board. I bet you he must be feeling like a dickhead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, shit. My bad. (laughs) He noted that the oil skins belonged to the two senior lighthouse keepers. Mirhead noted that the second in charge, Marshall, had not long before the incident been fined five shillings, which was a huge yeah. fine back then. Five shillings for losing equipment during a storm. Oh dear. How fucking shit is that? It's pretty bad. Like, oh my, it's fucking like rope outside in a storm. We're on a tiny fucking island. Something blew off the fucking island. Yeah. Well, that's your fault. (laughs) What? How? How the fuck? Oh, just give me a five shillings. You lost my kite. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so Meerhead had concluded that Marshall and Decat had probably gone out into a storm to secure the equipment and had simply been washed out to sea by a freak wave. And that the younger MacArthur simply went out without his oilskins to look for the other men and was also washed away by another weird freak wave that happened to, like, come over the island. (laughs) Uh, And so all three missing men were listed as accidental deaths caused by bad weather. Well... Part of his final report reads, Ach, aye, I was satisfied that the men had been on duty up till dinner time on Saturday the 15th of December. 
Probably because they don't get paid for the 16th and onwards. It's very important. (laughs) That they had gone down to secure a box in which the boarding ropes, landing ropes, etc. were kept, and which was secured in a crevice in the rock about 110 feet or 34 meters above sea level, and that an extra-large sea (laughs) had travelled up the face of the rock, had gone above them, and coming down with immense force, had swept them completely away. It's pretty big seas. Pretty much everyone else. Cold bullshit. Oh, really? (laughs) On this. Um, Because even if you were going to suggest... okay. There's a lot of problems with this theory. Okay. Right. Yes, we do know that freak waves do happen. A yes. freak wave could have been caused by, say, an earthquake at sea. But the area where the men had been securing the equipment, according to his instructions, were about 110 feet above sea level. Yeah. So there's a wave that's above 110 feet. It's a decent size. Okay. Yeah. Yet no one else, no other vessels on the ocean, no fishing vessels, no one on sea reported any unusual ocean activity on that day. And people claim that you would have noticed a wave that was over 110 feet. That's a decent size, yeah. That would capsize most boats of that era. Mm. Yeah. So you'd think maybe somebody... Would have noticed it. Yeah. Or like, oh, it's a bit choppy out here. Today. <laughs> yeah. And whilst there was uh, damage, um, you know, to the, some of the rocks, the the ropes, and one of the boxes was damaged. Yes. Um, and there's part of a railing, or it looks like a rock had come loose and had knocked some of like some um, railings loose. But again, that could have just been a rock that had come loose and damaged. Yeah. But the thing is. If they had been washed away by a giant wave that had come up and had got them while they were trying to secure the crane and the equipment, it doesn't explain how the crane is actually covered, was covered by like a like a canvas sheet. Yeah. The canvas sheet was undamaged. That is strange. And if the island was hit by a 110-foot wave, you think it would have at least, you know... Messed with the canvas a little bit. Would have pretty much turned it into a sea anchor. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it also doesn't explain how the wave got into the lighthouse, <laughs> came in, didn't spill a drop, knocked a chair over, grabbed the third lighthouse keeper, who was getting ready to have a meal, and then sucked him out through the door. <laughs> getting sucked out through the door is better than being blown over a cliff. Are we, are we proposing some kind of uh, James Cameron's abyss, <laughs> abyss yeah. kind of deal? <laughs> Where a Scottish wave just comes up. Get outside or I'll fucking nut you. Ah. <laughs> and there's just Michael Bean in the corner with a moustache. We have no way to warn the mainland. <laughs> it's a Glaswegian death wave. <laughs> oh, Lord. Now... I actually have a picture. Would you like to see the three gentlemen in question? The three lighthouse Yes. Keepers? Yes, I would. 
And this is also important because it goes to one of the other theories that was suggested. Okay. Oh, now if I can turn this around. Sorry, I'll just bring this now, up. Now, my initial, my initial thoughts on this mm-hmm. is this is a very unremarkable photograph of some mustachioed men from the early 1900s. Oh, my God. The mustaches are fantastic. They are some, they are some serious... Uh, Shit's on point. They are... They, what do you call them? The dick brooms. <laughs> oh, they are ready to sweep. Absolutely. Woo! Okay, so this gentleman here on the end... Yes. Okay, the big giant fellow. Yeah. Uh, this is the guy who was in charge. Yep. This is obviously the little young guy. Yeah. This is the guy that was alone... In the lighthouse, they right. found his oil skins. Look at the size of that moustache. He's he is so tiny. He's definitely overcompensating with that moustache. <laughs> like, that moustache is saying something. That is the that is the American pickup of moustaches. Yeah. Oh my god. It it hundred percent Ford F one fifty of fucking moustaches. It hundred percent is. Yeah. Okay. And then this we've got this gentleman. Yeah. Over here. Okay. Look, they're all looking pretty swish. Now, I mean, and the other guy there, his hand looks fake. Well, he looks like Liam Neeson. I believe this is the guy who did the investigation. Well, he's got a very particular set of skills, skills. and investigating is not one of them. <laughs> yes, oh, it's writing short stories and poetry <laughs> about beagles. I wonder if any of these people could swim. Oh, yes, because Sur- it's the eighteen hundreds, though. But you uh- surely it was a requisite of the job. But then again, they didn't give a fuck about people. Life was cheap. Yeah. Can you swim? No. <laughs> you won't be coming for compensation. But then again, do you know what I mean? Like, no, like, it was like swimming didn't actually sort of become like a leisure time until like, like later on. Sure. Like, and then it was kind of an elitisty thing, wasn't it? Like, yeah. people didn't swim for. I don't know. We still encounter a lot of that in Australia, a I lot of drownings. I don't think a lot of people swam back then. Probably not. Scotland's fucking cold. Yeah, like what? You're not fucking going in the ocean. Like, yeah. fuck that. Jump in a Loch Ness for a little uh, testicle freezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you've got a giant moustache like this guy. To yeah. Cover up. Now, the other reason that it's really important is, of course, one of the theories, okay, that was yeah. later put forth um, was someone came up because ev- every crazy crackpot theory like today started coming out of the blue. Everybody had a different alternative theory by my paper. <laughs> one person has suggested that what actually happened was that one of the men, this man here, yeah, um, was known to have wee bit of a temper. That's called being Scottish. <laughs> he was Scottish. You don't he's, need. He's to. the Bigby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. A hundred percent. Okay. So this guy was was the was the Bigby, um, and people suggested that he got into a crazy rage. Mm-hmm. Killed the other two. Right. Okay. And then threw them into the ocean and then felt really bad about it. So went and killed himself. Right. And then threw himself in the ocean. Okay. So he did a bit of an alley-oop and jumped off the cliff and shot himself at the same time. He he blew himself off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Even though no bodies were ever found and none of nothing, no clothing, no shirts, no hats, which you would have suspected like if people drown something showed up somewhere. Yeah, usually something washes up. Yeah, something will wash up. Nothing ever washed up from this island there or from go. these three men. And I also find it curious that they were suggesting that oh yeah, this guy had a bit of a temper. Yeah. And then murdered the man who's what got like what two feet on him? 
Oh, it's not the dog in the fight. It's the fight in the dog. <laughs> like, I know this. Like, Robbie Carlyle, I reckon, yeah. could. But no, come on. Come on. Look at this big behemoth guy. Oh, no, nah, that doesn't mean he's tough. It just means he's tall. Yeah, I'm just, I don't think it would be that easy. I've seen enough bar fights to know you go, there's a little fucking fella. He's going to be a scratcher you, and a biter. You think he could blow the two of them off a cliff? I reckon he could. Yeah. He's got the smallest moustache. That is a well-worn well, dick broom. Yeah. <laughs> it's erosion. <laughs> so that was one of the theories, was the uh, the little guy just, you know, got all bad-tempered. Yeah. Killed the other two, uh, chucked them into the ocean, although nobody... Why? They were just like, oh, because basically, you know, he like he'd got into some like fights in the pub. Dude, He's I've been Scottish. in fights in the pub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like calm the fuck down. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure of the topography or anything like that. But you throw someone off a cliff, they tend to slap around at the bottom of the rocks. Yeah, yeah. And that was the other thing. Like you know, uh, in the actual lighthouse, everywhere around the lighthouse, there was no signs of a struggle. There was no signs of blood. There was no signs of like brains that had been like bashed on a rock. Yeah. There was nothing. And even inside the lighthouse, like if, if men had scuffled, mm. you know, or even if a man was like running around throwing his, his you know, temper tantrum. Yeah. Th- nothing was out of place. Just that one chair that was knocked over. Yeah. You know. For effect. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. But yeah, so that that was one of the theories. Um, now the logbook on the days before the incident mentioned harsh weather, but the thing is, none of the wider weather records in the area recorded any storms. They recorded clear weather. Right. It was as if the storm was located just around the lighthouse. Entirely localized here, the aurora borealis. <laughs> The other curious thing is the lighthouse's land station, whose job it was to report if the lighthouse did not work, never reported that the light did not function on the night of the 15th. That's weird. Mm-hmm. The other question is why would the third member of the team break the cardinal sin and leave the lighthouse unattended? Yeah. And if it was in such a severe storm, why would he leave without his wet weather gear? That's a very good point. Like, it's literally hanging there on the door. Like, it, it's a rain jacket. Like, even if you go to the letterbox and it's raining, you know, if your jacket's right there, you'll put it on. Yeah. Uh, and again, if the men were simply washed out to sea, something should have washed up eventually. But not a body, not a part, no trace of anything any of their clothing or their oil skins. So, again, even crazier theories travelled all through the United Kingdom. Of course they did. Everything from ceased serpents. Yes, of course. A particular favourite. Some even suggested that the men had faked their own deaths to start new lives with secret identities. (laughs) Well, with all that sweet lighthouse cash. Yeah, woo! But Duke Cat was the man in charge. He had a wife and four children and appeared to be happily married. He's got a motive. (laughs) And MacArthur was also married and had two children. Again, the wife claimed that they had a happy life. Neither of them had any substantial debts or, you know, money's owed. Uh, I reckon getting away to a lighthouse is a pretty good way to maintain a marriage. 
I think it would be just as fuck, well. I mean, they, they didn't have any PlayStations or anything, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> I just, Yeah, I've been in relationships where I'm just like, oh, sweet fucking Jesus, if you want me to not murder you, yeah. just go to a fucking lighthouse for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Like, oh, my God. You know what? Oh, my God. I'm having to have a wine. Just think about... Oh, my God. I remember those relationships. Staring off into the distance. Just eye twitching. Like, just go the fuck to the lighthouse. What fucking lighthouse? What are you talking about? You fucking just find one and fucking go to it. They will stab you. And again, yeah, four kids. Oh, yeah. how fucking good would it be to the lighthouse? Amazing. Sorry, boys. Dad's got to go to the lighthouse yeah. for two weeks and not have to hear you. You know the best bit? The night shift. You'd just oh. sit there in quiet. Yeah. All you'd hear is the waves. Oh, how nice would it be? Just make sure that there's enough whale oil in the lamp to keep it going. Oh, just stand there listening to the ocean getting blown over a cliff. Yeah. Oh. You don't listen to the four man rugger tug downstairs. <laughs> oh my god. Ooh. And again, oh my god. Because, you know, considering, you know, the, the Puritan, you know, people of back then. Yeah. Oh my god. I hope the gay community discovered the joy of lighthouse keeping. Of course. It'd they did. just be three weeks of way. Yeah. Oh my god. Freedom. Woo! Oh, it would have been good days. That would have been great days. Good days, yeah. Oh, I, now want to, I want to become a lighthouse keeper. I did look up if there's anywhere like to record to become like a lighthouse keeper. They're all automated. They're all automated. It's bullshit. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, now, another popular theory that popped up was that the men had been carried away by a ghost ship. Of course. There was another theory that they were turned into birds by the little people of oh, the island. Of course. Of course they were. Was the, And I think this might have been about the time that they stopped prescribing cocaine for headaches. <laughs> Some people in more recent times have even suggested alien abduction. What do aliens want with smelly Scotsmen? They Take corn farmers from Ohio. I don't know if they're going to go for these guys. They're just getting all the different professions. <laughs> just sitting them down, just go deep fried Mars bar. Why? They're probably just watching him, just watching two men getting blown over a cliff, being like, "What are they doing?" <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I'd want to anally probe a race of people who consider that curry goes with chips. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the Welsh, isn't it? No, it's Scots. Oh, okay. There oh, we go. England. You know, you just go to get a curry and it's got chips. Okay, there you go. See, we're, we're learning something new every day. Yuck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, several years after the investigation, they yeah. concluded that, <laughs> well, you know, it was a big wave. And then one just blew away. <laughs> Poof. Like a dog turd in the wind. Oh, fucking windy is it if a dog turd flies? I don't remember that at the start of fucking Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it's very fucking, very fucking windy. Um, several years after the investigation, rumours began to circulate about missing entries from the log. Oh, no. In which one of the men logs that the other men were crying and praying and that another was acting very quiet. 
But these journal entries were later proved to be faked by a writer trying to sensationalise his writing of the account of what had happened. Very young Rupert Murdoch. And had faked journal entries. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the- that's the equivalent of hacking a dead girl's phone, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. 100%. It's news of the world. Yeah. Dear diary. Oh, my God. And the other thing as well is like, because these like diary, they really were like literally like, oh, help me. MacArthur, he's such a big, big man. The big man is crying. (laughs) And everyone is like, nah, these literally were not what these logs were about. It was literally like temperature minus 18, wind gusts of 82. Yeah. You know. Captain's log, stardate. <laughs> I banged another green alien. <laughs> yeah, none of that. Oh, Lord. So, on the 28th of September, 1971, the lighthouse became fully automated. It is now uninhabited by humans, but is home to a large selection of birds. <gasps> the prophecy. The mystery has throughout the years held the fascination of the general public in the United Kingdom. The premise of the disappearance was used in a four-part episode in the Doctor Who series in 1977 when Tom Baker had to fight a chameleonic life form in a lighthouse with three lighthouse keepers in four parts (laughs) in the horror at Fang Rock. Amazing. Genesis actually wrote a song called The Mystery of Flannan Isle Lighthouse. Oh, go Genesis. They were such a fucking pretentious bunch of dudes. It was one of the first songs that they ever wrote and didn't get released until, like, I think, like, the 90s when they were doing, like, the exposed we haven't released songs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... This is this is the sexy part. If anyone is like, "Oh, I'm in the mood for some sexy or this sexy talk about how sexy it is on a lighthouse." Yeah. Okay. A good recommendation for you is that in 2018, a film which suggests their ending of what happened to the three lighthouse keepers was made uh, called The Vanishing, starring who do you think's the sexiest man that you want to put in this? You're thinking about sexy lighthouse keepers just being all sexy and rubbing up against your lighthouse <laughs> blowing over a cliff. Who do you want to see blown over a cliff? Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> Robert Pattinson. Oh, what, is, what is wrong with you? Well, he was in that Robert Eggers film about a lighthouse. You have the worst sex <laughs> fetishes ever. Oh, no, I just want to see I just want to see Kevin Sorbo disappear. <laughs> That's why. Because it would seem Kevin Sorbo rub up against the lighthouse. No. How's your Christianity now, Kevin? <laughs> Kevin Sorbo, that idiot from Once Upon a Time in America. Uh, what's his name? James Woods. <laughs> All those guys, just ship them off. All those <laughs> MAGA idiots. Dean Kane, fuck off. <laughs> wow, your sex fantasies are a lot different to mine. Because... <laughs> When I think of a sexy man who is inexplicably naked in the islands of Scotland rubbing up against a lighthouse, obviously it's Gerard Butler. I tell you, oh, there you go. In terms of James Woods, though, it's an awkward wank jerking off to the end of Once Upon a Time in America when he gets mangled by the garbage truck. <laughs> it's a very odd, specific porn, but I like it. Yeah, I was going to say odd, but not impossible. No. Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. There you go. <laughs> 
Um, and what I find like so funny is like the the that's why I was saying about the difference between like the two guys because they were according to that one rumor supposed to have fought and the little guy killed the big guy. Yeah. In the movie, the little guy is played by the actor Peter Mullen. Oh yeah. You know, like bless him, and he's like an older man, but just the idea of Peter Mullen trying to take down Gerard Butler. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not happening. It's never gonna. Oh my god, I actually watched um, London Has Fallen last night. Oh god, really? It it's so like America, but D- does what it says on the box. Like, yeah, yeah, but Gerard Butler. Fuck yeah! <laughs> oh, don't pelvic thrust yeah. at me like that. Oh my god, he ah uh, fucking ah. Uh, America, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so 2018, Gerard Butler's in that movie. Go look it up, The Vanishing. Um, or again, you can just watch London Has Fallen if you want a bit of that. <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, the incident has also, you know it, everything that we end up talking about, it's been turned into an opera. Of course it has. How do we Find this fucking oh blow me blow me blow me over a cliff. Tis the seagull of doom. <laughs> the seagull cometh. The seagull cometh. It brings the chips of death. As chips just fall from the sky. When the chips fall, it's the seagull of death. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! If this is not how the musical goes, I think we need to release it. We need some arts funding. Oh, yes. And some dancers. Yes. And just a man in, like, bad, like, seagull <laughs> costumes. Oh, my God. This is why we need a Patreon. <laughs> so we, oh, my God. So we can create Blown, the musical. Oh, Lord. Uh, so, yes, it'll turn into an opera. Clearly not as good as our opera, which is, you know, in production. Join our Patreon. Oh, we don't have a Patreon. Fuck. No, we don't. Anyway. Uh, it is fair to say that this is one mystery this lighthouse won't illuminate. Oh. Bam! Oh. America! Fuck yeah! My God. Oh my God, Gerard Butler is making my crutch make your, like, drinks hot wobble. No, that's the termites in the floor. Okay. Yeah. Termites in my pen. Oh dear, ants in your pants, <laughs> termites in your front bum. But it's important that all those, you know, termites are American. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I've completely lost it. I just I just started picturing Gerard Butler naked, just oh, against a lighthouse and I've just lost it. I've just lost it. I've just... lost it a long time ago. <laughs> Truth be told. Oh my God, I wish I lost it to Gerard Butler. In a lighthouse. That's the title of your autobiography. I wish I lost it to Gerard, Gerard Butler, Butler in a Scottish lighthouse. <laughs> you know what? I think a lot of people could relate to that. They probably could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, just uh, just remember when you're out there in this weird and crazy world, just remember Gerard Butler eats the carpet. He sure does. Can I just say quickly as well? Freedom, <laughs> America, fuck yeah. Uh, I just wanted to just say thanks to the people who've reached out actually over the last couple of days. Oh, I've, you had know, a few, I've had a few people get in touch. You know, could reach out to me. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Gerard Butler, to my pants, fuck yeah. Sorry, who's reached out? Oh, we had uh, we had Ethan Loafing from 
from Colorado reach out and tell us that Ooh. our observations on the KKK were very accurate. Oh, excellent. Which is nice. And had some other people on Instagram. But yeah, so it's just been good. And uh, good yeah. on those people. And titties out for freedom. Woo! And it's good to know that we've got the KKK pegged. You need to know how it is. Come see us. I'd peg a KKK <laughs> member for freedom. <laughs> I call this one the burning cross. <laughs> how big and black would the dong be? Massive. Just threatening. Just it'd be like that spear they stabbed Jesus with. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna end this madness. Probably best.